0: hello my friends welcome to another episode of deep true crime where we explore past cases and many times current cases and see what happened in that case what do we need to be aware of in that case you know because truth is we have a tendency to trust people and some people cannot be trusted so we have to be made aware of what could possibly go wrong around us that's exactly the cover the case that we're currently covering this is part three of the case against barry morphew you see suzanne morphew she went missing on may 10th of 2020 that was a mother's day she's been missing since now barry morphew the husband again someone we should trust right Someone we loved, we married, we got into, we had kids with. Uh, And I'm saying we, I don't mean me, obviously. But I mean, once again, you would think that you can trust your husband. He has since been charged with the murder of Suzanne Morphew. But here's the thing, there's no body. So right now, prosecutors are going to have their hands full to actually get a conviction. We're gonna be covering the whole case so far before the actual trial begins. I'm currently going through the whole affidavit and I'm presenting that to you so you have all the facts and you yourself can make a decision. You know, if you're like me, you like to play investigation detective and investigate things that are going on. That's exactly what I enjoy doing with the purpose of what do we need to be made aware of? What could possibly go wrong around us my friends if that's something that you like to follow make sure you click on that like button click on that subscribe and hit that notification bell because you're gonna want to get notified if you're following this case this is part three of the case against barry morphew in this case we're going to be talking about the interview his interview with detectives investigators he was interviewed initially on May 13th and these are his initial statements some of this he was found to have been lying not really being accurate sharing false words and so we're gonna dive into that we're gonna go in and see what happened so on May 13th of 2020 he was interviewed by Colorado Bureau of Investigation agent Joseph Cahill and Shafee County Sheriff's Office Detective Robin Burgess and they interviewed Barry. And see, Barry, he provides a background of his marriage to Suzanne, you know, his daughters, Mallory and Macy, and their living arrangements. And Barry explained that they resided in Arcadia, Indiana until about 2018. At that time, he sold his landscaping business, BLM Landscaping, and he sold other real properties and moved to the residence at 19057 Puma Path, Chaffee County, Colorado. Barry, he's an avid hunter and outdoorsman, and he explained that they moved to Salida, Colorado for Mallory, their oldest, because she attends Western State University. And so they have two daughters, Mallory and Macy. And Mallory attended Western State University in Gunnison, Colorado. So that was one of the reasons for their move. And so Barry stated that he is the owner of Sunset Farms, an LLC company, which is a landscaping company in Salida, Colorado. Additionally, he worked as a subcontractor for Dieselin Structures, Inc, DSI. And this is a general contracting company in Salida. And Barry stated that he has several contracted employees. His primary contractor is Morgan Gentile. Barry stated that Morgan previously worked with him at DSI. Again, Dieselin Structures, Inc. And that Barry stated that Morgan worked for them worked for him at DSI until she was fired about one year ago and so when she was terminated he hired her on as a contractor for his business and so Barry shares that he and Suzanne have all joint banking accounts Bank of the West Collegiate Peaks Bank and a 501c3 nonprofit, and it's called the Suzanne R morphew hope foundation barry stated that suzanne frequently uses snapchat to communicate with her friends and daughters and he states that suzanne also uses instagram and facebook you know barry shares that suzanne typically wakes wakes up and has coffee like most people do right Should I say most coffee drinkers? She reads her Bible and emails. She then rides her mountain bike around their neighborhood and then does other things around the house. Now, this is a little contradictory to what Jeff Libler, Susan's side affair, stated that she didn't really ride around the neighborhood. She would pack her bike and go for rides. So that right there is a, you know, who do you believe? The husband should know more, right? He lives with her. He sees her. He should know more. But right now, he's under investigation. So you really don't even know what you can believe. Because if he is guilty for this, we don't know what we can believe out of this guy's mouth, right? And so she rides the bike around the neighborhood and does, does other things around the house. On occasion, Suzanne rode the Methodist Trails area. And Barry further explained that on Sunday's She virtually attended their church, Salida Grace. The services is broadcasted on YouTube and generally last about one hour. So she was spending time on YouTube as well, watching the service from Salida Grace. And Barry, he states that he typically works until 5 or 6 p.m and returns home. They have dinner. He usually goes to bed around 9 p.m. He stated that typically he sleeps in the same bed. However, if he is snoring, he will sleep in the bonus room on the couch. That's what they call it, a bonus room. It's an extra room. You know, when people come over, they can stay in the bonus room. And so Barry continues. He states that Suzanne communicates daily via Snapchat with her best friend, sheila oliver we talked about her in part two barry said that they also communicate via text message and he stated that suzanne also communicates daily with her daughters and she is typically at home at the house especially with the current school cancellation due to COVID 19. so suzanne's basically home all the time and barry stated that you know his daughter's Both daughters, uh, Mallory and Macy and one of their best friends, they departed on or about May 5th or 6th, somewhere around that time of 2020, for a road trip to Utah and Idaho. And they were due back on May 10th, Mother's Day of 2020. And Barry, he says that in in 2019, his company had been contracted to build a retaining wall at a site in Broomfield. Colorado and two of his contractors Cassidy Cordova and Cody Cox were tasked with the work and those are two people that were they they were contractors for him and Barry said that the wall was not completed correctly and he lost about $30,000 on that job. Barry could not recall that name of the general contractor for the job which he lost $30,000. If you lose $30,000 I would think you would remember that. And Barry states that on May 9th, the day before Suzanne went missing of 2020, he worked with Morgan Gentile, the person that he hired after she was fired from the previous company, on a job site in Salida. The task was to complete a rock beach on the property. After this job, Barry communicated with Suzanne by text message, They talked about hiking, and later she requested him to purchase hot tub chemicals. Barry stated that the last text message from Suzanne was 11 a.m. and noon. That was the last text messages. He stated that around 2.26 p.m., he texted Suzanne that he was headed home and that he was done. And so he stated that sometime on Saturday, Suzanne asked him to take her mountain bike and helmet out of her vehicle which he did and he explained that on saturday evening they had dinner together had sexual intercourse and went to bed barry could not specify a time but believed it was around eight o'clock or sometime after eight o'clock somewhere around that time is what he's saying that this all occurred and they went to bed and he stated that neither he nor suzanne left the home again and he stated that he was scheduled to travel to broomfield on may 10th also the day that she disappears to get eyes on the site and to fully determine what he needed for this project and he stated that morgan was supposed to travel to broomfield that evening and cassidy was due to arrive monday morning now Again, Morgan, he hired. Cassidy is also, she's, that person's also contracted. Remember, he two of his contractors are working on this project. Cassidy Cordova and Cody Cox were working on this project. And so Cassidy was due to arrive Monday morning. That was, Monday morning would have been May 11th. And Barry stated that he preloaded his truck On Saturday night, Barry explained he set his alarm for 4.30 in the morning on Sunday, May 10th. And he said it because he had to get going early in the morning. Now, let this be known that he later changes his statement to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation in 2020. And he changed the the statement to the FBI in 2021. He, He changed his statement multiple times about the alarm to match evidence so he gives one statement remind you barry stated that he pre-loaded his truck saturday night and he explained he set his alarm for 4 30 a.m on sunday may 10th again he changed his statement to the cbi in 2020 and the fbi in 2021 multiple times to match evidence that was presented to him after the fact that he didn't know they already had this evidence on him. That's, again, why is there contradiction if you have nothing to hide? If you do have something to hide, you better be real because this is what's making you look guilty. So, but he stated that he awoke to his alarm at 4 30 in the morning and he explained that When he woke up, Suzanne was still asleep in the master bed. And he stated that he heard her snoring. He went, took his shower, left the house about 5 a.m. He stated that he last saw Suzanne wearing short short white shorts and a white string type. Now, he later changes his last sighting of Suzanne throughout the 2020 and 2021 numerous times. And you'll hear more later. This is what I mean. It should not change. If you have nothing to hide, it should not change. There should be consistency in your story. And so he stated that he traveled on Highway 50 to Highway 285. He traveled Highway 285 to East 470, which then he went north to I 76 and then on to US 36. Now he stated that he went directly to the Holiday Inn and checked in. He said he went into the room for a short period of time and rested after the drive. He explained he then went over to the work site. After looking at the site, he calls Morgan and requested her to bring another person now when he explains that he went over to the worksite and everything that was shared in reference to his travel all of these statements that i just shared that when he traveled on highway 50 to highway 285 all the way through and that when he went over to the worksite all of these statements in this paragraph i just shared with you are later proven false again why is he lying what does he have to hide if he's not guilty of this and if he's hiding something that has nothing to do with this like maybe in an affair or doing something other than than killing his wife what is he hiding uh, this is where it contradicts them and so he stated that he was on the job site at about 10 o'clock ish it was just hotel and job back and forth. And he stated that he drove to a McDonald's near the job site and cleaned his windshield. He then went back to the hotel room. He stayed in the room for about one hour and possibly watched television. He then returned to the job site. And Barry stated in response to the question if he ate that day, He stated, I kind of looked for something to eat. He says that he always keeps granola bars in his truck. He said, I saw a McDonald's pulled in there. I don't like crap food. So I thought I'm not going to eat here. So I just ended up eating granola bars. Why did he pull into the McDonald's (laughs) only to say I don't eat crap food? Maybe he was throwing something else away in his truck while on the job site. He explained that his neighbor, Jeannie Ritter, refer to part one if you want more of this part of the version, called him and explained that one of the daughters, Mallory most likely, could not reach Suzanne. Jeannie, who has the access codes for the house, asked to go check the house. And so he asked her to go check the house. She discovered Suzanne's car was there, however... Her mountain bike was not. And Barry stated that he texted Suzanne Happy Mother's Day earlier, and so did their daughters, Mallory and Macy. They sent them her text that she never replied to. And Barry stated that his daughters had not received any replies from Suzanne. Also, Barry stated there is no cellular phone service at the house unless the phone is on Hughes net wi-fi internet service barry stated i was at the job site when Jeannie called me adding that Jeannie called about 5 p.m barry left the job site and drove to the hotel where he dropped off the tools in the lobby he then drove back directly back to salida now in reference to him driving back to Salida, later on, April 22nd, 2021, FBI agents showed Barry surveillance photos of him being in his hotel room, not the job site, when Jeannie Ritter called him at 5 p.m. Again, faced with evidence after he gives one part of the testimony. And this is what detectives have to do because if they, give, they show you their hand it's gonna help you come up with a better story. So they, this is why they cannot show the hand until they get more information to help cap, catch him in his lies. And initially, Barry said there were no issues with their marriage. Later in the, in the interview, when asked, Barry disclosed they did fight. And he explained that Suzanne had battled through stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma several times in her life. The most recent battle started late in 2019. Suzanne was receiving maintenance treatments at the cancer center in Salida. So sad that she was dealing with this cancer stuff and now she's missing. And Barry stated that Suzanne started using some type of prescription pills and alcohol together. And he stated that this drug and alcohol use would sometimes lead to arguments during which Suzanne would accuse him of being controlling. Barry described Suzanne's demeanor as hateful. Barry stated that the last argument they had was Friday morning. He denied any physical abuse or altercations between Suzanne and him. Now, let it be known throughout this his interviews, Barry moved from referring to a perfect marriage and a perfect Friday night to admit he fought with Suzanne often. Again, his words start changing when presented with evidence. Again, just don't feel like that should happen. And so Barry stated, and this was his words, I mean, I just, I just know that there's nothing in my truck. There's nothing in my house. I know that for a fact, unless somebody came here Sunday morning after I left. That's all. I'm. I'm just being honest with you. They. They can be there for ten weeks. They'll never find a single thing. But you know, that's kind of where. That's where it's like. Then he interjects Cody Cox as a suspect that Cox allegedly threatened to kill Barry. Maybe this was after that thirty thousand dollar loss. I don't know. But he throws Cody Cox in there as. A possible suspect. You know, of course, they're going to ask, who do you think? He throws Co- Cody Cox in there. Barry consistently throughout the interview questioned why he had not been cleared in the investigation. Barry consistently throughout the interview questioned why he had not been cleared in this investigation. Barry initially identified the Cushman's cleaning ladies daughter, and boyfriend as possible suspicious persons. See, he's throwing people in there. He's trying to throw people into this mix to take attention away from him. Now, Barry stated, and this was his quote, because if somebody went in and did something and took her and then ditched her bike to make it look like something, then I I want you guys to find that evidence however he states multiple times there's nothing in the house there's nothing in my truck multiple times he says that and barry stated and she would get so angry sometimes and even hateful which is not her he's saying that the prescription drugs and alcohol did this to her and barry stated during these arguments suzanne had stated i'm gonna leave you i'm gonna divorce you i'm just And she doesn't mean it. I know she doesn't mean it, but in that state of mind. Again, when she's on this drug and alcohol is what he is saying. When asked about working on Sunday, he stated, it's Mother's Day. It's not like it's Husband's Day. Okay. He stated, he stayed at the work site with the quote, I think I was there until probably six o'clock. And in regards to the calls to Jeannie Ritter, he stated, she calls me and says, hey, her car is here. And I said, well, is her bike there? She goes, where does she keep the bike? And I said, well, I pulled out her car I pulled out, you know, because he pulled it out of the car. I pulled out her car. It should be right near the car. And she goes, there's no bike there. And... You know unintelligibly look here in the back you know not understanding what he's saying and I said well she's riding her bike but I'm a little concerned because I think she said she was gonna take a morning ride so th- this is where like multiple times he leads them to the bike he keeps bringing up the bike like the bike is be I don't know I I know I need to just report and not give my opinions on these cases but I'm also going to play detective here. Why does he keep referring to the bike? Where's the bike? The bike should be there. I don't know. I don't know. I think if you know that you did something and it has to do with the bike and you need them to find a bike and you need them to figure out the bike situation to help them find her or something. So that's what he says with his conversation with Jeannie. And in regards to inspecting the clothing, Barry stated, yeah, she doesn't ride without a helmet, and she has a light, light blue helmet. Her favorite biking outfit is blue. I haven't been to the house to see if it's there or not, but if the detectives, if you guys find it, then that's probably what she was wearing. Was the blue one missing? Light blue helmet, light blue outfit, She's a matcher. Light blue shirt, but that was at in her closet. Or did you guys find it? He's asking them that. Did you guys find this? Did you see it in her closet? Hmm. And so, you know, regarding the bedding, because the bedding was off. He Barry stated he observed sheets in the dryer. He stated, was her whole bed, you know, effed up? Because I wasn't in Mallory Macy's room, one of those rooms was the whole betting off. He's asking the detective this. Barry was asked to voluntarily submit to a polygraph examination, which he declined and said he would think about it. He said he didn't want to do anything that wasn't 100% accurate. He also said they weren't admissible in court. He's right about that. He's right about that. It's not admissible because it's not 100% accurate. I can't fault him for that. That part is very well true. And so people have failed the polygraph who was determined to be telling the truth. People have failed who were lying and this helped detectives get a confession. So that's probably what they were trying to do. He should take this polygraph it's not it's not admissible in court, so they can't use it against him if he does fail that. And so Agent Cahill he observed scratches on Barry's left upper arm. And Barry stated, yeah, like that from a tree in uh when when we were hiking in the mountains. Now, the thing about these injuries, they appear to be healing. And they were several days old scratches, which again would put it perfect for the time frame. So first he says he's hiking in the mountains. He later says this happened when I went looking for when I went looking for Suzanne. And so that was the initial interview of May 13th. So that's everything that was said on May 13th of the initial interview. He's interviewed again about a week later on May 21st, probably about eight days later. On May 21st, 2020, he's interviewed again by CBI, Agent Cahill, and Agent Derek Graham, and they're interviewing Barry for the purpose of reviewing the victimology packets of Suzanne that were prepared by the behavioral analysis unit BAU of the FBI and so Barry states I just I just wish that you knew how amazing she was notice that I just I just wish that you knew how amazing she was past tense he refers to her in past tense like she's no longer here Like, she's already gone from this world. Like, she's gone. She's gone, right? So, per Barry, Suzanne began to abuse antidepressants and alcohol to get away from the stress and anxiety of dealing with chemo and cancer. He said, it's the only thing we argued about. And he cited text arguments. He added, when she was in that mind, it wasn't Barry said that it was Suzanne not him who wanted to move from Indiana he stated we referring to men we need sex that's all we need and we'll be good that was the statement from Barry and Barry discussed the pills Suzanne took and how he begged her to stop taking them he added that she got mean and angry And he states that Suzanne had friends she kept from him, evidenced by her attempting to text someone, and her saying it was none of his business, that it was private. And Barry said that Suzanne gave her passcodes to him, and he could access her phone, but it was very suspicious why she did not tell him about some of her communications. Okay, maybe that had something to do with Jeff Libler, because Jeff did admit... He almost got caught, took the phone. She said, go through my phone anytime you want. To her, well, I have a secret communication with Jeff. You're not going to find out. Barry said that he gave Suzanne three to $400 per week for spending money. He said she never went to an ATM. I'm Barry was the ATM. That's what Barry Morphew said. Regarding Barry leaving Suzanne alone on Mother's Day when she disappeared, he replied that his girls were supposed to come home and I didn't feel bad because I thought they were going to be there around lunchtime. Barry stated that Suzanne's alcohol consumption increased after May 6th when the girls left town and she did not have to hide the alcohol from Mallory and Macy. Barry said... On Friday, I think we jumped in our car and went to Moonlight Pizza. Got a pizza and a salad. He said they ate the pizza in the car and brought it home or brought it home to eat. Maybe ate some of the um some of the pizza on the way home and ate the salads. And he states that May 9th, that morning of Saturday, May 9th, he got up early, probably had to put a full a few tools in my truck. Suzanne thanked him for the breakfast and everything was perfectly normal. Giving him a kiss goodbye and everything was great. He told her that he would be home soon and they could go bike riding or hiking or something. He added that it was a perfectly normal day and she was in a perfectly good mood. And when asked if anything was out of the ordinary, Barry said no, no. It was a perfect day Saturday. When agents asked Barry if Suzanne had been drinking, he said that he did not pay much attention because he wanted to have a good night with her. Barry said they grilled some steaks and did not leave the house after he got home that day. He said that he and Suzanne laid out on a patio in the sun. Barry said that she made soup for lunch. He left his phone alone because he wanted a nice evening with my wife. Suzanne talked to Barry that evening about purchasing a house in town for $800,000. He said that Suzanne was not on her phone that night that he knew of. When agents asked Barry if he and Suzanne went to bed together, he replied, I'm pretty sure we do. And later, I'm pretty sure we went to sleep together that night. Suzanne did not leave the house after they had sex and went to sleep. Now, Colorado Bureau investigators, the agents, the agents asked Barry why he answered sex as the number one reason why someone might be motivated to cause Suzanne's disappear. You know why that would cause Suzanne to disappear on the BAU, the Behavioral Analysis Unit questionnaire. And so they asked him, Why would that be your main answer as to why someone would take Suzanne? He said he answered because my wife is beautiful and that's my nightmare right now. Like if somebody's got her and sexually abusing her right now as we speak, there are cameras around this house that they lived in that she allegedly went for a bike ride that morning. Where's the footage on her going for this bike ride? I guess we'll probably find that out later. And so the reason why I bring that up is she's so beautiful someone would go to the home and take her. There should be camera footage around. And so he says that's his nightmare. That like if somebody's got her and sexually abusing her right now as we speak. Again, that was during the interview. Agents tell Barry that workers who came to his hotel following his May 10th departure commented that the room smelled like chlorine. He replied that he had no idea why and that maybe the hotel staff used it to clean because of COVID. Now, later, his attorney says there's a pool underneath his room and that's why it smelled like chlorine. Well, they should definitely have other people who states that, yep, that room always smells like chlorine. I'm just saying. And so agents also tell Barry that documents were left in the room and asked if he took any documents into the room. He says. Not to my knowledge, there was somebody in the room after me. It could have been him later in April of 2021. Barry tells a different story about those documents to FBI agents. Again, why the discrepancy? Why the difference? And so when agents asked Barry why he did not pick up Morgan Gentile as agreed, On Sunday for the ride to Broomfield he stated I didn't want her to ride with me because she smokes and I told her I wanted her to drive her car and she was just gonna follow me okay but you first agreed to drive this smoker you first say I know you smoke I'm driving her and then you say no I'm not driving her because she smokes. That's weird on its own. And so that is that interview. They interview him again on May 28th. And of course, they audio recorded the video, right? Because they're finding out more things and they want to ask him questions. And so he was asked about the tranquilizer darts in his house. He stated that the darts purpose was to tranquilize bucks to sell them. He said the bucks could then be placed in a trailer that had that has cubicles. The tranquilizer is a sedative narcotic, and he only did this tranking and selling of bucks back in Indiana. Barry said that he had not used the tranquilizer or darts in Colorado. Now, this statement contradicts Barry's admission to the FBI in 2021. Later, later interview, it's this would be, you know, almost a year later. This contradicts his admission to the FBI in 2021 of using tranquilizer darts and disposing of the evidence because they would find a cap to this thing, which I talked about previously. And so they interview him again, June 2nd of 2020. Special Agent Grusing met with barry at a house near his residence to conduct an interview reading the victimology you know basically the pattern of life of suzanne basically the way it was for the last year for for suzanne before she went disappearing and so barry said suzanne might leave him but he would but would never leave her daughters barry agreed that an animal attack was unlikely and that an accident was unlikely based upon the positioning of the bicycle and helmet barry talked about suzanne abusing alcohol and drugs saying the last time suzanne was doing well was the first summer we were here And that's specifying that was the summer of 2018. Let it be known that they moved there the summer of 2018, right? That was the first summer that they were there of 2018. That was the summer of 2018. Let it be known that Suzanne's affair with Jeff Libler started in the late spring, early summer of 2018. Barry tells special agent Grusing that he thought Suzanne was abducted by someone. And Special Agent Grusing, he explained that the last similar violent act that occurred in the Salida area happened in 1980. Barry was informed of the time of day Suzanne was riding, the low traffic area, her minimal exposure in the community, and other low risk factors and stabilizers in her life. So this was really odd that she was, Missing. She had no enemies, small community, you know, it was very low risk factors on where that she could have been abducted or taken or done anything to. And Special Agent Grusing, he tells Barry that this looked like an intimate partner homicide, and Barry did not object. Okay, he shouldn't object. He shouldn't object because of the way it looks. That makes sense why he wouldn't object. So Special Agent Grusing asks. Barry why he only wrote convict for his response on what should happen to the person responsible for Suzanne's disappearance. And he replies, it should be convicted and held responsible. I mean, that's not what I wanted to write, but I mean, I, inside me, I feel like I would like to physically harm them if they did this to my wife. That's but. That's his response. When Barry was asked of his last image of Suzanne He initially replied that he did not see her on the morning of May 10th or remember a last image. Special Agent Groosing walked Barry through his prior statements of seeing Suzanne and describing her clothing. Barry was asked multiple times what his last image of her was and he did not answer the question. Finally, to elicit some response... Special Agent Groosing asked if he ever remembered seeing a lump of covers in his bed before he left to Broomfield. Barry replied that he saw probably just a lump there. I, 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 detail is remember her breathing. That was his reply. His reply, probably just a lump there. I, 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 detail is remember her breathing. So regarding this may 8th friday may 8th barry stated but in the afternoon it the text fight the text fight they had but in the afternoon it the text fight was like it never happened she texted me back and it was just like hey what time are you coming home hey this or that just pick this up or pick that up that was it nothing about the fight everything seemed normal that's what he's saying now regarding the afternoon of Saturday, May 9th. Again, the day before she went missing. Barry said when he arrived home, Suzanne had vegetable soup waiting for him, waiting for them, and they kinda sat out in the sun. They sat out in the sun, talked, had a good day, and decided they were going to grill steaks out for the evening. He said she was perfectly fine because there was no alcohol in her. Now, Barry would later tell Special Agent Grusing that Suzanne was drunk, when he was shown her last proof-of-life photo she sent to her lover at 2.03 p.m. The last anyone knows that she was alive. Suzanne, regarding Suzanne's activities on Saturday night, Barry stated, you know, she took Mallory's sheets off and washed them on Saturday evening. Mallory is the oldest daughter. Mallory or Macy's, whoever sheets the bedding was, one of the daughters. Barry was asked if other people had passwords to get into the phones and laptops of Suzanne. He replied that Suzanne told him what her last password was. And so, again, Barry is interviewed on June 3rd. And on June 3rd, he's speaking to a CBI agent Cahill and Graham. Again, they interviewed him at his residence. And so, regarding... Friday morning, May 8th, 2020, Barry stated that we had our text argument. I don't even remember what it was about. She was in one of her moods. Again, perfect marriage, right? When questioned about their activities Friday evening, Barry responded that they probably watch TV and Suzanne is usually on her computer. She's typically on the computer, maybe doing a class online. She always looks For clothes online. He added that she did not apologize about the text that morning like nothing ever happened. Regarding Saturday morning May 9th, he stated that he did not set an alarm and recall what time he got up. Regarding Saturday May 9th, the morning, Barry stated that he did not set an alarm or recall what time he got up. He made himself and Suzanne breakfast, set it next to her bed. He said, I think I made bacon and eggs and toast. Regarding Saturday, again, we're on May 9th, Barry stated that he got home and Suzanne had a bowl of soup ready for him. They talked about hiking and biking. They spent the day together and sat outside in the sun and talked for an hour. Regarding Saturday, Barry stated, I honestly don't recall what he did after that soup. But I think we hiked here in the subdivision. Yes we did hike. We hiked to Fooses that night. Then twice, I'm pretty sure that's the night we hiked Fooses. Barry stated, I know we sat down at the lake for a while. I'd say we were gone for an hour and a half, maybe. It was actually a good day. She didn't drink at all. It was a normal, nice afternoon. Barry stated that he got back to the house probably around three or four talked about the dinner and she said she was gonna make some potatoes he said he would ma- he would marinate the steaks I'm probably in the garage I usually tinker around there killing time hmm and so he did if you remember previously you know her notes in her iPhone is he's always in the garage and he and she he doesn't like when she comes in there so Barry stated Just had a wonderful evening and she was perfectly fine because there was no alcohol in her. He again said he asked her not to drink that night. And Barry stated that after dinner, Suzanne did the dishes and he went back into the garage fixing the pin on the Bobcat. Bob stated, I think I recall seeing 415-ish when I get up and knowing that, hey, if I leave at 5, I'll get there at 8. I probably got up, took a shower, got my clothes on. Barry added that Suzanne was naked the last time he saw her, so he did not know what she was last wearing. Regarding Sunday morning, Barry stated, I think I was getting hungry. I think went to a McDonald's that was close, and I think when I was there, I think I decided against McDonald's, but I never eat there, and because of COVID... So I think I went around the corner to a gas station and got a granola bar. I thought he already had a bunch of granola bars on him. And so he's interviewed again June 17th. Again by CBI agents Cahill and Derek Graham. They interview Barry. When questioned of anything that might have been a first for Suzanne, Barry responded that she was she started taking THC, CBD, edibles, and oils. About a month before she left. Now he's saying she left. Barry reported that she was getting it from a guy in Westcliff named Tim. And that Barry could provide Tim's contact. Now, we'll talk about Tim later. This is Timothy agnew barry purchased cbd oil from agnew in 2019 now near the end of the interview barry did provide tim's phone number barry separately said that suzanne was buying drugs off the street and cited that the person from whom she was buying drugs is a viable suspect for her disappearance so he throws someone else in there and so june 25th they interview him again now, Barry said that Suzanne's family, the Mormons, Mormons, M-O-O-R, mans, were involved in marijuana, and maybe they were responsible for her disappearance. Now, they're in Colorado. This is a legal recreational marijuana state, not the, so a lot of people are into marijuana out there, I'm sure. He referred to Suzanne's sister, Melinda, as being wicked, and her brother, David, as being smart enough to do something like this. He's brilliant. After suggesting that maybe Suzanne's siblings should be considered as alternate suspects, Barry stated, sometimes when people are guilty, then they point the finger because of their guilt. Now, let's talk about that for a second. Barry made a similar statement again in an interview with Agents Cahill and Graham on June, on July 1st of 2020. He said that Melinda and David appear to be pointing the finger at him and stated, so I don't understand how, why they're doing that unless they're guilty. But sometimes people that are guilty say, hey, 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 you know, he did it, he did it, he did it, when Barry has suggested alternate suspects like Melinda or David He seems not to recognize him, recognize that he seems to be doing the very same thing he is explaining that is supposed to indicate when a person is guilty. So when he tries to say they're guilty because they're pointing the fingers at me, he's doing the exact same thing. Hmm. Interesting there. Barry thought that Suzanne and Kurt Ziegler might have been having an affair. Barry said that that he never looked at Suzanne's phone because he did not want to lose her trust, but that she looked at Barry's phone all the time. He said that all the time. Barry said that Suzanne had the body of a 30-year-old and that they, women, give us sex. That's all we ever want or need. I have to disagree with that statement as a male who is married. Barry said, I guarantee you that my tech from my truck and my phone will, will exact match my interviews because I know for a fact what I've done. And he provides the phone number for Tim Agnew from Westcliff, who he says might be involved in Suzanne's disappearance. And so they interview him again July 8th. And again, it's CBI agents Kay Hill and Graham. They interviewed Barry at his office residence and regarding the worst text that Barry deleted he said if I remember right it was Friday morning I was working and she was in one of her moods Barry stated regarding that Sunday she went missing I went in got the hotel room relaxed for a bit went to the job site and seen it then added pulled several blocks off and left it barry states and that's mcdonald's the only place that i remember going he adds i did nothing else besides went to the to the job site and went to the hotel room now regarding saturday barry states we sat out on the sun she was sunning and wanted me to sit out with her i know we went to fooses to hike and i can't remember exactly if it was saturday but i'm thinking it was saturday we took a walk up around fooses and come back and she read i tinkered around outside and did things outside until supper and grilled steaks barry stated if i went to dsi it wasn't in that in the afternoon and i could have ran back to crib and had him put on the blade put the blade on And so Barry said, I know I had steaks on the grill. That's one thing I know I did. It's the only thing he seems sure of, huh? And so Barry stated, we had a lot of good times together that week and regarding the argument Friday morning, Barry stated, to be honest with you, I can't even remember what it was about. The alcohol got worse and worse and worse. Those last three months, she was drinking every single day. And Barry stated, I just can't remember any specifics. When informed by CBI about the long phone call on May 8th, adding, to be honest, I just can't remember us talking on the phone. And Barry stated that weekend, nothing out of the ordinary happened. It seemed normal and perfect. And Barry stated that with the girls gone, her, Suzanne's phone would have been on all all night Saturday because the girls were gone. In just in case they need anything makes sense and Barry stated I think there was some trash in my truck adding wrappers bottles and junk that accumulated over the work week he said that he threw the trash in a garbage can and went to the gas station and got a granola bar Barry stated I'm pretty sure that when she Jeannie called I was right there at the wall adding that He loaded up his tools, took them directly to the hotel, told the lady working in the hotel lobby that he had an emergency and asked if he could leave the tools in the lobby. When asked if he threw anything away at the hotel, Barry replied, not that I recall. I mean, I could have, but not that I recall. When asked to be specific, he replied, not that I recall. Barry was asked twice if he took anything into the hotel room, besides his backpack, and he replied that he did not. And Barry stated, I don't know, when asked by CBI, when was the last time Suzanne talked about leaving him, when asked if it was recent, he replied, no, I don't. I don't ever recall her saying she's going to leave me. Agents asked Barry if Suzanne ever told him that she was done. And Barry stated, she's never said that, she loves her family too much. Barry states, we grilled the steak, split it. Barry also stated we had two different plates that night. Now, that statement right there, we had two different plates that night, that, ref- that was refuted by Agent Graham, who explained that it appeared only one plate was recovered from among the items, the items in the dishwasher. And Barry... Re- Barry replied that he must have hand washed his own plate Barry stated because she started drinking in response to the statement by CBI that he and Suzanne's behavior got worse the minute the girls left on the trip and she was drinking the whole time which makes no sense because she he said multiple times she wasn't drinking he asked her multiple times don't drink and so she didn't drink that's what he said first Barry stated after multiple assertions that he did not recall what junk he threw away that he might have thrown away an old pair of boots that had been in the back of his truck after CBI told him multiple times that he threw away more than boots he stated if there's clothes in my truck. There was probably old clothes I threw away. You say my point? Barry was told by CBI that he showered at the house before leaving and showered at the hotel when he arrived. He replied, showers, relax me. This guy seems to have an answer for everything. So you, you leave home, you take a shower, you get to the work site, you take a shower before working? Okay. And so he stated, I change shirts all the time. When he was told by CBI that he changed shirts twice after getting the hotel. When asked why, he stated, I don't even recall changing shirts that day. And when confronted by CBI agents that the video footage from the hotel contradicted Barry's statements, that he was at the wall site when Jeannie Ritter called, Barry did not refute the evidence. The property on Puma Path, not including the house, was searched following this interview, pursuant to the issuance of a search warrant for the remains of Suzanne. Results were negative. Now, there have been a lot of tips to CBI. As of April 26, 2021, maybe they have a lot more because now we're in 2022 at the time of this recording, they have received almost 1,500 tips as of April 26th of last year, 2021. It's probably over 1,500 by now. These tips are reviewed and investigated as they are received. Numerous people have been identified, interviewed, or investigated due to circumstantial reasons related to them being in the area or associated in some way with the family. Investigation into a small number of these tips is ongoing, though none of them have provided any evidence to substantiate anyone as a legitimate alternate suspect or to counter the evidence against Barry highlighted in the affidavits. My friends, that is part three, and that is where they have his initial statements. In part four, we will be covering the evidence against Barry Morphew. My friends, let me know in the comments what do you think happened to suzanne morphew do you think her husband's guilty so far do you want to wait till the jury says he's guilty or not guilty right now my question is why all this discrepancy and why the change in his in what what he shares after presented with the evidence that part i don't understand i literally do not understand why there is a change in anything that he is sharing. My friends, I'm Manny Rodriguez. Thank you for joining me this morning. I look forward to serving you. If there's any particular cases you want me to cover, boom. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because I will be continuing to upload part four, part five, part six, and you won't want to miss it. Because the next one we will be covering is the evidence and then we'll be talking about all what the witnesses are saying when they're interviewed all these people that he is trying to throw under the bus and throw in there as as people who are suspects where they're going to be interviewed and we're going to talk about exactly what they shared i'm manny rodriguez this is deep true crime thank you for joining me today i hope you have an amazing day peace